Welcome to this episode, and this is a grown-up content alert. In this episode, I talk about sexual fantasies in some depth, and I do use some explicit language, and I talk about concepts that are not appropriate for tiny little ears, so make sure you've got your earbuds, your headphones, your whatever's on, or you're listening in the car, not on carpool time, and that the small kids are not hearing this episode. This is grown-up content, and it will help you grow in the bedroom. Ever notice that everything you ever thought would make you happy ever after didn't? Ooh, me too. It turns out Sean Cassidy was not my soulmate. Orgasms only last a few seconds and money does not buy happiness. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Fraser and welcome to Sex, Love and Elephants, the weekly podcast where we explore relationships, mind and the meaning of life. A place where you are normal if you feel like something's missing, even though you have it all. Because guess what? Happiness is an inside job. How do I know? Well, if a Buddhist nun and a sex expert had a baby, I'm it. I'm a psychologist, sex therapist, and author. I've meditated for 12 hours a day for months at a time. I've studied Tantra in Tibet, and I've taught for people like Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield, and helped thousands of couples reignite passion. My mission with a loving heart is to kick your ass off the couch and into awakening. And here's the secret. If you want to cultivate wild love that lasts, compassion and curiosity, and the superpower of being happy for no reason, first, you've got to meet your elephant. So let's go. Dr. Cheryl, I'm a woman, I'm a feminist, but I have a really hot fantasy where I let a man dominate me and I love it. Help, is that okay? What's wrong with me? What is going on? Welcome to your Summer of Love series on Sex, Love and Elephants, where all summer long I'm answering your top love and sex questions. Absolutely my pleasure. Let's jump right in. Julianne is worried because she has a sexual fantasy where a guy breaks into her house and he tells her to get on her knees and do this and do that and do the other. And she finds it incredibly hot. But in her regular waking life, in her conscious life, she doesn't believe that women should be treated like sex objects. She doesn't believe that men should have control. And she doesn't believe that it's okay that this idea turns her on. Juliana, welcome to the freaking club. You're in great company. There's nothing wrong with you. And today I'm going to talk about why Fifty Shades of Grey is a really dumb book and what the number one female sexual fantasy is and why it's all okay and a healthy way you can learn to deal with these topics. Okay, where are we going to start? Oh my goodness, goodness, goodness. Fifty Shades of Grey. So, you know, 15 or so years ago, this book came out, Fifty Shades of Grey. And if you were living under a rock the way I was at the time, you didn't read the book. But then I had an editor of a magazine I used to write a sex and love column for for a couple of years who said, I want you to do an article on Fifty Shades of Grey. Have you read it? Of course you've read it. I said, no, I haven't read it. She says, Cheryl, you have to read it. I want you to write an article on it. So I read it. I read the sequel and I read the third one to get a sense of what everybody was so damn excited about at the time. 
pre-COVID, you know, really pre-digital reading devices, Kindles, iPads, reading on your phone. I used to do a fair bit of travel at that time, going around, teaching love, sex, and relationships in various places. And I saw 17-year-old cheerleaders reading Fifty Shades of Grey because you couldn't read it on your device back then, right? So it was a big old hefty book. (laughs) Maybe you, you know, hit it behind a People magazine, but I could still see what you were doing. I saw grandmas reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I saw men, heterosexual men, gay men, not up to me to know, but I can tell you, I've heard from a lot of heterosexual men that they read Fifty Shades of Grey to figure out what women really want. The book was a phenomenon. Kind of wish I'd thought of it first and I'd be a multi-billionaire like the author. But here's the thing. If you've not read Fifty Shades of Grey, it's about a dewy-eyed, cultish, young, virginal woman who meets a sexy, powerful, young, handsome millionaire or billionaire or CEO or something called Christian. And he becomes enamored with her and invites her to sign a contract to be his submissive, to enter into a consensual BDSM, bondage, discipline, sadomasochistic relationship. She's a virgin. She's beautiful. She's curious. He's powerful. And through this series, which is rather wildly unrealistic, but whatever, it's fiction, right? He falls madly in love with her, becomes obsessed with her, wants to protect her from all things. And eventually we find out he's got a horrible abuse history. He was adopted by a loving family. And we get a sense, sort of, not really accurately, about his psyche and the woman who's going to save him from himself. And eventually they get married, have kids, and live happily ever after. Because that's what always happens, right? Well, it's in the beginning of every episode. There is no happily ever after. But all that being said, why was this book such a phenomenon? I'm going to get to that in a moment. But first, a big old big ass disclaimer caveat. Essentially, Fifty Shades of Grey mixes up healthy, consensual, erotic power play gorgeous sexual expression and joy with an emotionally abusive, controlling whack job of a relationship. So please don't take your cue from Fifty Shades of what a hot, sexy connection should look like. It does not have to come with a side dish of crazy emotional control, jealousy, and all the wildly unhealthy things that are depicted in the book that because he loves her and because she's learning to become empowered, we accept as the reader. It's a very tricky mix. I would say it's a very volatile and a dangerous mix. Today, we've got far too many young and not so young women in a controlling abusive relationship that they mistake for love. When is it toxic and when is it not? You can listen to last week's episode for a little bit more on that in the realm of verbal abuse and other aspects of unhealthy relationship. Okay. But back to today's main topic, Julianne is worried that her hot sex fantasy where she submits and a guy bosses her around and tells her what to do is abnormal. And it it goes against who she is as a woman, as an empowered, gorgeous goddess, and as a feminist. No, it doesn't, my darling. It's fantasy and fantasy can be fun. In fantasy, we can take the limits off our imagination, sexual and otherwise, and play with things we may or may not want to explore in what's called real life. So Fifty Shades, we're going to put that aside for now, and I'm going to talk about some research on the number one most common sexual fantasy. Now, like, 
with any sexuality research. This is based on a sample of women or multiple studies over a while, and it may or may not apply to every woman listening. Uh, this would be more of a heterosexual female fantasy. The way I'm going to describe it is heterosexual. However, lesbians can have dick fantasies too, and so-called identified heterosexual women can have vulva and clit fantasies too, and I'm completely happy for you to fantasize about whatever you want. Whatever your gender identification currently is, whatever relationship you're involved in, fantasy's great. But I am going to use heterosexual language because that was the cohort of women that these studies were done on. Let me cut to the chase. What's the number one female sexual fantasy? It's a ravishment fantasy. A ravishment fantasy? Oh, Dr. Cheryl, do tell me more. Well, I will. The ravishment fantasy goes something like this. Here's the overall plot points every creative woman and her dancing fingers or vibrator will insert, no pun intended, her own details into the fantasy, but it goes something like this. You're alone in your house or a hotel room or on a beach in a tropical locale. Fill in your details here. But let's go with you're alone in your house and a gorgeous, sexy, powerfully attractive man breaks into your house or walks into your house or delivered pizza or whatever the hell he's going to do. And you are both titillated, turned on, attracted, and a little bit on edge. But remember, this is your fantasy. So there's no actual threat. There's no actual sexual violence being threatened or anything scary being threatened. But you're imagining this stranger, this powerful stranger, and you approach him or he approaches you, fill in your details here, and it moves into a very, very hot sexual encounter where this man tells you what to do. He tells you how to be his sex goddess, how to get on your knees, how to turn around so he can smack your ass, how to, and I'm going to use some very deliberately strong language here. Your children should not be listening to this one. Hey, baby, get on your knees and suck me off. Hey, baby, turn around. I'm going to fuck you so hard. You're going to have the best orgasm you've ever had. I'm going to make you come over and over again. I'm not saying that for shock value. I'm keeping it real. This is a hot fantasy. Your own version, fill in your details here, maybe more different language, uh, romantic language. Oh my God, you smell so good. I can't wait to have you. I got to eat you alive, whatever it is. But here's the key to this fantasy. She does, quote unquote, dirty little things like a quote unquote bad girl or slutty woman or hot goddess or sex goddess. Insert the words that turn you on and are comfortable to you here as well. But she does all the bad little things or the bad big things or the, oh my goodness, I would never actually do that thing sexually because he told me to. This is psychologically incredibly important and incredibly powerful because here's the psychological freedom in this fantasy that this woman has given herself permission to enjoy. Because he told me I had to do it, I did it. But hang on a second, everybody. Are you getting this? This is her sexual fantasy. She's making it up. So clearly, The things, that shocking thing, that dirty thing, that naughty thing, that taboo thing, that, oh my goodness, I could never possibly let myself do that thing, is something I kind of want to do, at least in fantasy. It turns me on to be talked to and to talk to you this way, to do this sexual act or to have you boss me around in this healthy, gorgeous, super turn on, going to make me come, oh my God, this is hot way. 
do you hear everybody how important this is? That in this research, now mind you, this research is about 15 or more years old now. I'd be very, very fascinated to see some up-to-date research with a younger cohort, women who are currently maybe in their 20s or 30s. We would quite possibly see that the content of these sexual fantasies has shifted. But let's go with this theme now. Fifty Shades of Grey, what to do and not to do, power and submission, fantasy and taboo. And is it okay that I fantasize about a guy telling me what to do? And I'm a very dirty little girl and I love it. Yeah, of course, it's okay. But again, I want to circle back to why this is so sexually and psychologically important. It's because the women in this study, we can hypothesize and generalize from, needed at that time to give themselves kind of an out, kind of an excuse, kind of a justification for letting go of their raw, dark sex goddess energy due to cultural, due to uh, sex, sexist, due to um, religious, spiritual, family, self-imposed stories about what women are allowed to do and not supposed to do, about what being an empowered feminist woman means and what it doesn't mean. Because of the ways we can be tangled up in the bondage, not of fun sex play with a partner, but the bondage of our ideas and cultural ideas and being trapped in a vision where it's not okay to want certain things. It's not okay to want to play that way. It's not okay to submit and say, just tell me what to do, baby, and I'm going to do it. Because of these confusing, multi-layered, sexually confusing messages, almost every human being, if not every human being, carries. The women in this study found a really creative, beautiful workaround where they gave themselves permission to let go to be as wild and as foxy, as taboo and dark and out of the box sexy or as sweet or as submissive or as joyful as they partly in a small way just for fun, at least in fantasy and maybe in a consensual loving relationship, I'll get to that next, that they want to explore and it's hot and it's fun and it's a bloody relief to take the shame and the guilt away because, hey, Cheryl, it's not my fault. He made me do it. This is a message I want Juliana and everybody listening to hear. Not only is it okay, normal, and fairly typical, number one, most common female sexual fantasy, that you fantasize in this way about a powerful guy because you're hetero currently, or that's what your fantasy turn on is, who tells you what to do, who takes control. You don't get to say no, and it releases you. You know, please release me, let me go. I will survive. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. All these great empowerment songs are about letting loose to be part of your authentic self. We are multifactorial. We have so many aspects to who we are as women, as people, as anybody. And of course, it's perfectly healthy and normal if one of the small parts of me that I would like to let out to play for an hour a month or something an hour a day, an hour a year, is pretty damn kinky or wants to let go or wants to not be in control all the time. That's what I wanted to get to. I now want to move this away from the pretty psychologically screwed up book, Fifty Shades of Grey, with some really hot sex scenes in it. Sex scenes about control, playing with control, giving up control in a loving, consensual way to just simply play with power dynamics. You tell me what to do. You're the leader. I'll do whatever you say. 
can be so relieving and releasing for either a man or a woman, gay, straight, trans, however you identify, however you want to play sexually. Power games between you and your loving consensual partner can be a very hot, a very emotionally vulnerable, beautiful way to play. You might choose to take turns, Juliana, and bring this fantasy into your sexual relationship with your sweetheart because you let me know in your question, you've never shared this fantasy with him. You're a little bit embarrassed. You needed my reassurance to know that it's not only okay, it's healthy and beautiful. What if you gently introduced this idea to your sweetheart and said, you know, I'd love to play a little bit where you tied me up, where you told me what to do, where you use certain language, give him the parameters of the sort of language you're currently sexually comfortable with, it's a turn on, the kind of language you're currently not sexually comfortable with and might be a turn off. This is an evolving exploration between two people in a loving sexual relationship, but I strongly encourage you to consider exploring it. I work with couples who play with some power games and some BDSM, again, bondage, discipline, sadomasochism. The last part's a little tricky. We're not going to get into that today, but let's talk about B&D a little bit, bondage and discipline. That can be as sweet as tying your hubby up with his his work tie, tying him to the bedpost, going down on him and giving him the most earth-shattering orgasm of his life, where you tell him not to talk, and you're the sex goddess, and you're going to use him however you want, and you're going to ride him like a Mustang. That's power in a beautiful, loving way. I'm taking power for fun. We're playing with this. I'm going to direct this encounter. Next time, you might switch it around, and your sweetie directs the encounter for you. Can you hear, for a lot of you, if you'll admit it to yourself, how exciting and erotic this idea can sound? If it's a green light turnoff for you, if it's way out of your comfort zone, no problem no problem. You might want to play with this in a much more gentle way where you simply say, I'm just going to be a follower tonight, honey, and you can touch me and move into positions that you desire and that are fun for you. And I'm just going to follow along and enjoy. Or don't play with it at all at this time if it's not right for you at this time. But I cannot tell you how often I hear from heterosexual women, I just wish my guy would fuck me up against the wall. I just wish my guy would not be so timid in bed. I just wish he would caveman my ass now and then, consensually, in or out of the bedroom. That doesn't mean you want him to caveman your ass at breakfast the next morning. Hey, little woman, get my goddamn ex. No, of course not. But I need to say that just to be clear. This is play. This is playing with identities for fun, for sexual charge. This is a consensual decision to say for this delineated bit of time, we're going to play with you cavemanning my ass. Let me just see you being my man who can't wait to be inside me, who is going to say, our woman, I'm going to have you now. Like that sexual fantasy. Now, I work with so many beautiful men who give me the privilege of getting inside their minds and understanding their, their psychologies. And over and over again, I hear from, you know, good men, feminist men, men who think women are equal, if not superior, men who adore their wife, their partner, their daughters, their nieces, their mother, their aunts, who are very woman positive. And they really struggle. This may surprise you. That's why I'm bringing it to you. Julianne, it's really important you know this. Everybody else listening, it's so important you know this. Your guy may be very reluctant to play with you in this way because he's confused. As one man recently told me, he said, you know, I respect and admire my wife, 
And I love having sex with her and I love making love with her, but I don't believe women should be sexually objectified. I don't believe they should be treated like meat or something. How do I combine my kind of moral, ethical, uh, feminist, good guy views with my wife saying, just for now, for the next 45 minutes, treat me like your dirty little whore for fun. I'm not sure how to let go that side of me in a way I feel comfortable with. Oh, it can get so complicated. But let me express this in another way. Why was Fifty Shades of Grey? Bit of a silly book in some ways, not all that well written. She's not exactly Hemingway or uh, or Margaret Atwood, a great Canadian novelist, but it struck such a chord in women and some of the men that loved them because it spoke in a bit of a twisted way, but in one way to that hot sexual desire, that desire to be given freedom to let go, to play, to be a sexual goddess, to not be afraid, and to not, in a strange psychological way, be held responsible for letting go of the dark sexual tigress within you. Now, let's bring it to a healthier place, not the Fifty Shade of Grey, along with the weird control and abuse aspects, but to you and your sweetheart. First of all, your fantasy life. We've covered that partly today. Go wild in your fantasy life. And if you feel a bit of guilt or even shame or confusion after, review this idea that you're utilizing a fantasy with that sort of plot, he made me do it, to just give yourself permission at this time to let go and be wild. What I'd love you to move towards, Juliana and all of us, male, female, straight, however we identify, trans, to be able to enjoy exploring the deep, wonderful forest of our sexual uh, needs, desires, things we've never thought of before, no matter how so-called vanilla or tame or ordinary your desires are, or how out of the box they are, if they're consensual, if they harm no one, if they are shared in a consensual way with your partner or in your masturbation life with your own mind, that can be beautiful and empowering. When we shut off our dark sexual energy, and I don't mean dark as in bad, I mean as in rich, as a little bit taboo, as something we wouldn't talk about at the business picnic, family picnic or whatever. Dark in terms of private, dark in terms of, hmm, that's a secret wonderful place in my mind, in my body, in our relationship that I like to visit sometimes. When we shut it off, it can leak out in porn addiction in visiting uh, sex trade workers, in having illicit affairs purely for a different kind of sex that we're afraid to ask our partner if they're open to, into guilt and shame, into imposing a type of celibacy and guilt and recrimination on ourselves, where we feel sick, dirty, wrong to even think these terrible things. It gets pretty messed up. What would it be if we took that sexual energy and liberated it into my intimate loving connection with you. And now and then, even though we're mommy and daddy to our twins, even though we goo goo gaga over our new puppy, even though we uh, work with disadvantaged youth to help them build self-esteem through sports, all these other roles we have, we can also, in our quiet private space, let go and play with some wild erotic aspects of who we are. So Juliana's question and her shame and her confusion is, I have these wild sexual fantasies that I'm ashamed of because in them, 
I let a guy tell me what to do, which is not who I am in my regular life. I'm an empowered woman, an empowered human. And I do really dirty, sexy things. And I like it. All I'm asking you to do is to simply give yourself permission to go wild without needing to dream up a character who tells you what to do and takes the responsibility for your sexual ferocity away from you. Own it, my love. Own your tigress, own your goddess, and give yourself permission to be as dirty, as taboo, as sweet, as sensual, as emotional, as spiritual, as connected, as fearsome as you wish to be in your sexual life, be it your solo sexual life, masturbation, or your partnered sexual life. Now, some of you are intrigued. Some of you are feeling a little uncomfortable. Some of you are maybe feeling quite uncomfortable. Some of you are feeling a bit turned on and not quite sure what to do about that. Well, I wouldn't necessarily recommend reading Fifty Shades of Grey, but I am going to recommend my new favorite binge-worthy Netflix show. I'm recording this right at the end of July. This show came out a couple of weeks ago. You may or may not have heard of it. And it's called How to Build a Sex Room. Uh Uh-huh. How to Build a Sex Room. I won't give too much away, but suffice to say, you should watch the first episode because the Mary Poppins of sex, the delightful host of this show, who's a designer who used to design high-end bathrooms, high-end kitchens. And then I guess about a decade ago, she had a design client who said, we'd like you to build us a sex room. And she said, a what now? And then she moved into that realm. Kudos to her, open-minded, curious, two of the most important things we can ever be sexually. And she built a sex room. So here's this. So far, I'm a couple episodes in. I paused it because my hubby's away on a meditation retreat and I want to wait till he's home. Start from episode one and watch it together because it's a turn on and it's an education. And I want you all to watch episode one and then email me and tell me what you thought. Because in episode one, I do not believe in spoiler alerts, but the host interviews three different couples who are looking to build a sex room. And one of them it turns out, has a bit of curiosity about power play, about sensory play, about a little bit of the Fifty Shades. And this host leads them to explore some new sensual activities in a way that is loving, that is hot, and that is beautiful. She also helps another couple design a very different sex room, something romantic, something like a great getaway to a beautiful spa and a wonderful romantic hotel room where you're away from all the workaday needs and the workaday thoughts and you can sink into connecting and showing up to make love. Don't get fooled by the two words sex room. Let's call it the sensual room. And there's your homework for this episode of Sex, Love and Elephants. Let's go check out episode one of the new Netflix show, How to Build a Sex Room. I'm going to invite the host to come on the podcast and tell us more. Let's see if she's willing. I suspect she will be because she's my kind of girl. And I think I'm her kind of girl too, but we'll see. And hey, when hubby gets home, maybe there'll be a secret dungeon that he doesn't know about that I have designed and built. In his absence, stranger things have happened. So Juliana, Not only are you normal, you're an empowered sex goddess and you don't need anybody else to give you permission, but that's a good place to start. Let's help you give permission to your inner sex goddess. Let's help everybody give permission to their healthy inner taboos and find beautiful, consensual, connected ways to make your sexual life richer, deeper, and 
interestingly, far more intimate and vulnerable than your regular lovemaking may be. That may sound counterintuitive. We can talk more about that in future episodes. But for now, that brings us to this episode's love bite. You ready? Great sex is all in your head, but you've got to get it out of your head and into your bed. Unleash your inner sex god or sex goddess with the one you love and climb heights of passion and emotional connection that you may never have experienced before. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Summer of Love on the podcast Sex, Love and Elephants with me, Dr. Cheryl Fraser. Stay tuned next week. One of your top love and sex questions answered. Want to get your question answered? Email it to me. Tell me what's going on, how I can help, and I will do my very darn best to help you release your inner tiger or tigress. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants. But most of all, thank you for being part of this herd. If you enjoyed listening, please share this with a friend. And if you haven't already, I would love, love, love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player because it really helps all the other elephants find us. If you have any questions or comments or maybe an idea for the show or you'd like to be a guest, reach out to me directly at drcherylfraser.com where you can also sign up for weekly Love Bites, science-based tips for creating love and passion that last a lifetime.